quickly within the few time we have and we are going to be looking at the scripture um, specifically we will look at the book of the Acts of Apostle we're going to look at the Acts of Apostle and we're going to study that book um, hopefully if we came from the beginning to the end and we have some few words that we're going to um, hunt onto as we study but like the choir just sang God is the one that knows the beginning. He said, while you are in your mother's womb, I knew thee. I formed thee. And so he has the plan. There was a plan in the mind of God right from the beginning of creation. Amen? That plan has not changed. Hallelujah. The vision is for an appointed time, though it tarries. Wait for it. It shall surely come to pass. Whatsoever the plan of God is concerning your life, though it tarry, it shall surely come to pass. In the name of Jesus. No matter how long it's been delayed. In the name of Jesus, according to the power and the authority in his word, I prophesy it shall surely come to pass. In the name of Jesus. So this morning, I want to quickly... Um, take us to the beginning and bring us back quickly to these Acts of Apostles, chapter 10, um, to begin our dialogue. If I read quickly from that chapter 10, uh, the Acts of Apostles, chapter 10, I'll just read one verse quickly. In that's verse number 38. We are very familiar with these scriptures. Some of us that are um, being in, in the law for a while and we're very familiar with the scriptures. Um, I know a lot of us, we have affinity for the scriptures. Some of us don't. Um, but I believe the Lord will help you to be able to draw closer to him through his word. In the name of Jesus. In verse number 38, the Bible says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. Say that with me. He went about doing good. Hallelujah. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in summary, this scripture in this very particular verse summarized Everything Jesus did in one phrase, and he says, he went about doing good. He went about doing good. And we're going to study that a little bit this morning. We're going to look into that and see what the Lord is trying to communicate to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Why he came. And he went about doing good. What was the reason behind that? And what was that supposed to mean to us? Hallelujah. The Bible says he was anointed. Say anointing. How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. And who here is anointed with the Holy Ghost? Well, very few of us. 
Well, if you are not anointed, I prophesy now in the name of Jesus that the anointing of Jesus is upon you, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is upon you, and the power of the Holy Ghost is upon you in the name of Jesus. So how many of us have the anointing of God now? Well, it has increased a little bit. I guess I will have to speak in tongue or prophesy in tongue so it will be everyone. Hallelujah. If you have the anointing of Jesus, can you rise up on your feet and say, Hallelujah. Amen. Let's be seated. All right. That sounds really good. Amen. So I want to give us, I want to, I want to take us in this conversation to see why was it that Jesus came and he went about doing good. And so we want to quickly look from the beginning. Can you give me a slide? I have a slide there. I didn't want to share it, but I think we can quickly flip through it. Um, can you give me that slide? Let's go back to the beginning of creation. If you go back to Genesis from the beginning of creation, you realize that God, the Father, was in the business of the creation. He created the heavens and the earth right from the beginning in Genesis. And that at the earth of creation resulted in two things. When God created the heavens and the earth, it resulted in two things. When he particularly created man, Adam, it resulted in eternal life. Specifically for Adam, the man. So the creation of God resulted in eternal life. Adam was created to live with God eternally. There wasn't a termination or a terminal point. It was supposed to be an eternal life. That was supposed to be the impact. And for the entire world that God created, once man, man came into the scene, the entire world was supposed to experience good, goodness. Why? If you go back to Genesis, the Bible said everything that God created, God looked at it and the Bible said God saw that it was very good. Very good. The impact of creation for the entire earth was good. The second slide. The second slide is showing to us Adam and Eve. Sin, what we normally call the fall. We're familiar with this story. There's some way I'm going with it. Mark the word, the impact was for the entire world to enjoy God's goodness. Goodness came into the earth, right? And eternity was designed with the creation of man. Amen? After the fall, the sin resulted into what? Individually, eternal death. Eternal separation from God. That's what sin brought. For the wages of sin is what? Death. That's it. Eternal death. Eternal separation. And as a result of sin, what happens to the word? What is the opposite of good? In the beginning, when he created man, Adam, it resulted into eternal life for man and good for the entire world. When men fell through the Adamic sin, there was eternal separation, death unto man. 
And for the entire world, evil enter into the world. Why? For in the day that you eat out of it, ye shall know good and evil. Initially, it was only good. The moment they ate, evil came into the scene. Evil was added immediately. Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? Okay, let's flip it. The next slide. Thank God for God of creation. There was a new creation that came by the person of the God, the Son, Jesus Christ. Because God always has the final say. He has the joker. So he pulled the new creation through Jesus Christ. And the moment salvation came into the world, what happened again? Eternal life was restored to individual. Because the gift of God in Christ Jesus is eternal life. Hallelujah. The plan has not changed. God resuscitated the plan. Eternal life. And what happened to the entire world, everyone? Here is the key. Once we get born again, we have to start doing what? Learning good. And unlearning evil. And so the impact of that to everyone will depend on how much good we learn and how much evil we unlearn as Christians. The impact of salvation or new birth, or new creation to the entire world now, this present world, is completely dependent on you and I. The entire world is groaning and waiting for what? The manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. So you and I will have to learn how to do good. Jesus was showing that to us when he manifested. He came to show us, to demonstrate to us this impact that the new creation was supposed to have on the world, on our world, on our earth. By going about, doing what? Doing good. That's why the Bible said he went about doing good. Because the original plan from creation was for the world to experience God's goodness until sin came. So when Jesus came back to restore everything that was distorted from the original plan, then he came to demonstrate that to us. And that's why we want to learn it. As long long as we continue to learn good through him and unlearn evil, our world, we enjoy what God planned from the original foundation. Amen? Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? Let's flip through, I think, one more or two more slides quickly. We, we go through this maybe on Wednesday by God's grace. And all of this is playing out in the heart of man. During the creation, see, the heart of man was, there was no evil there. It was completely good. There was nothing evil until the fall of man. Then good and evil now coexist. But during the fall, you see, evil was, you know, prevalent. 
After salvation, evil and good still coexist in our heart, whether you believe it or not. After salvation, evil was not... God did not do a surgical operation to remove evil from your heart. He left it there. Remember the parable? He said, the good man sowed a good seed. But when men slept, the enemy came and sowed tars among the wheat. And the servant said, shall we remove the tars from the wheat? He said, no, leave them. Let them grow together until the day of harvest. Then the tar shall be separated from the width. Matthew chapter 12, we will read it. Give us this proof that our heart has a proclivity for evil, even though we're Christians, even though we're born again. Whether you like it or not, it is there. It is not going to change until the day we are changed. A day is coming when we'll be changed. He said, we don't know what we shall be like, but we shall be transformed. We shall be changed and we shall be like him. Until that day comes, evil and good coexist in our heart. But thank God for the Holy Spirit, who is now sent to us to help us to learn good and unlearn evil. So he must increase and I must decrease. The more of Jesus I learn, the more good. I impact into my word and the less evil. Amen? You know, that's, that's a whole lot of we, we unpack it, but that is from the beginning till now. Amen? Let's flip the next, uh, the next slide. Here we go. The heart. Matthew 12, 35. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bring forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure bring forth evil things from which heart the same heart it is possible to bring out good things out of your heart by the power of the holy spirit that is already in you and the seed of jesus christ that is in you it is also possible to bring evil out of the same heart if i ask you this the simple question to that is when you became born again, was it not the same heart you have that you still have now? But when the Holy Spirit came in, something happened. Something changed. There was a great change when I became born again. Something happened to that heart, but God did not remove the tendency for evil. That's why you still lie. You say, oh, I will be praying for you, and you never did. See, evil still exists in that heart. But God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is helping us to unlearn evil and to learn good. And we do that by focusing on Jesus. That's why the book of Acts of, Acts of Apostles, chapter 10, is very relevant now. Let's go back to Acts of Apostles. We can, we can uh, do away with that. Amen. Are you still with me? I thought I needed to do that. So as to give us a background of where we're coming from to know where we're going. So because there is still proclivity for me and tendency for me to think evil, there is a need for me to impart my word as God has originally planned. In God sent Jesus 
to come help you and I for that. So as I am learning Jesus, I am beginning to learn good and unlearn evil. The more of Jesus you learn, the more of Jesus you know, the less evil that exists in your heart. It is the truth. He said, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, he went about doing good. Because God was with him, healing all those that were beaten down by the devil because God was with him. Amen? Let's go quickly through that scripture now and spend the remaining time to see if we can do a little bit of more explanation because I know some of us might be thinking, what is he talking about? Amen. But I depend on the Holy Spirit to give you explanation and to give you understanding and illumination. Do you agree with all we've said so far? Is there anything out of ordinary? Okay. Amen. So we're going to focus now on Acts of Apostles chapter 10. I'm going to try and see if I can read it from the beginning and see I may stop um, along the way. And we will try and pick a few things that will help us to understand what God intended when he sent Jesus Christ to us and why this scripture was saying that he went about doing good. The enterprise of Jesus' ministry was captured and say he went about doing good. And we want to learn that. We want that same story about ourselves. The question you will be asking is, what do I need to do or how, what will it take for me to have that same testimony? Because we read as we read in scripture shortly, when we talk about a good man or a good woman, it is... It is only from within the perspective of God. Okay? So if I'm going to be talking about, let's title this a good man or a good woman in the sight of God. If you, if you like title for a message. Okay? Let's just say a good man or a good woman in the sight of God. Amen? That would be a good, is that a nice title? Okay. So let me read from verse 1. There was a certain man. I'm back in the Acts of Apostles chapter 10 now. Acts of Apostles chapter 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people. And prayed to God always. He was, oh, he saw in a vision, beg your pardon, evidently about the night hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy arms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged, he lodged with one Simon Eterna. He lodged, he speaketh. King James, whose house 
is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. That's what hunger can do to you. He fell into a trance because he was hungry. But God used that moment to show him something very, very critical. And saw heaven open, and a sudden vessel descending upon him as it had been, a great sheet knit at the four corners and laid down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beast of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. So, so typical of Christians. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done three times. When you are dealing with Peter, you have to do that. Three times he denied Jesus. So, what do you expect? And so, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter taught on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius, and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? I'm thinking I can stop here. Well, let's read one more. And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feared God, and of good report among all the nations of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. So there are some things that are very, very telling about Cornelius, why I think we should study Cornelius in trying to understand what it means to be a good man or what it means to be a good woman. And so we want to touch on those few things quickly and then see what exactly um, God is trying to communicate with us in these scriptures. And uh, I may need to use uh, the message version 
If you switch to the message version for me, please. And we're going to start to study that quickly. Keep in mind, there are very few people that were um, called good men or good women in the scriptures. There are very few people. And as a matter of fact, there's a controversial uh, statement from Jesus when that man came to Jesus and said, Good master, what shall I do to inherit the eternal kingdom? And God, Jesus said to him, Why call thou me good? For no man is good except God. Some thought that maybe Jesus was saying he is not good. I've had so many, so many interpretations of that scriptures. <laughs> but unfortunately, what God was trying to teach the man was exactly what we're trying to learn now. God, Jesus was in essence trying to explain to the man, how did you get to the point where you can say I am good? From what premise? From what perspective? How will you know I am good? except God told you, I am good. There's no way you can know that a man or a woman is good, except God told you that the man or the woman is good. Are you hearing me? As a Christian, how do you know someone is good? You cannot judge by appearance. That's what Jesus was trying to teach here. Do not say I'm good just because you think I'm, you needed something from me or just because you think I'm speaking good. No. How did you know that I am good? Amen? Jesus was not saying he is not good. He simply asked the man a question because he wanted to know what was in his heart when he said, good master. You know, when you want to take something, you want to get something from people, you, 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 you kind of psych them up, you know? Handsome, handsome boy, you know? You psych people. And Jesus knew immediately. You can see the result of his heart when Jesus told him what to do. The Bible said he did what? He went away sorrowfully. Amen? So few men were given that, um, you know, kind of recommendation or called good. In the scripture, you can do your due diligence just to search through the scripture. I'm not going to waste our time on that. Um, even Jesus, many people were controversial about him. Some said he is good. Some said he deceived the people. Um, so the same might be said of you. Yeah, people might think, you know, you're deceiving the people when you're actually doing what your father sent you to do. So the same was said concerning Jesus. Some say he's a good man. Others say, no, he deceived the people. Amen? You can see that in John 7, 12. Amen? Um, there was a man also uh, called Joseph, the guy that um, uh, actually asked for the body of Jesus Christ after he was crucified. The Bible said he was good, he was a good man. Um, Barnabas was another man that was given that uh, as a good man. So few people in the scripture. So do a search um, and just look for those. But we want to study today, we want to look at Cornelius. I want to see how Cornelius um, demonstrates to us how to be a good man or how to be a good woman. And um, I'm not teaching about seven ways to be a good man or ten ways. No, 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 no. I want us to look at the scriptures and see the epiphany that God will reveal to you on becoming a good man or a good woman because it is the original plan. I mean, say it is the original plan. Say it is the original plan. It has not changed. God is expecting for us to get back to the original plan the moment Jesus came into the scene. So everywhere, everywhere we go, Men in this world are supposed to see God's goodness. 
They are supposed to experience the goodness that God created from the beginning if we are born again. That's what God is looking for. Everywhere I show up in my office, at my home, everywhere, at the church where I worship, there should be good oozing out of me. There should be something good about me that people should see because it has rubbed on me from Jesus. The good that is in Jesus, why he went about doing good, that good should rub on me if I am learning Jesus. Because he said, learn of me. Okay? He told us to learn of him. And if he went about doing good, and that's the testimony of heaven, hey, everywhere I went, that should be the testimony. If it is not so, it's going to be so from beginning today. In the name of Jesus. I said, by the power and the authority of the prophecy of God, wherever you go, the goodness of God will show up. Wherever you show up, the goodness of God will show up. So much so that when you leave, people will know that God was here. In the mighty name of Jesus. So there are some key things about Cornelius that I'm going to mention as we run through quickly. But first... I want to show us some few characteristics of a good man, according to the scripture. Few characteristics of a good man. I want us to look in the eyes of God so that we get an epiphany. These are not steps, okay? These are just examples. The Bible said the, the scripture, they are written for what? For our examples. So that when I'm looking at the scriptures, I am seeing an example and something is happening unto me. A change is happening in me. Amen? Few characteristics, quickly. We're going to read some scriptures. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let you just uh, decode the characteristics yourself. Right? I may highlight them. You know, again, I don't want us to get into the habit of, you know, um, marking some things and just, you know, I want us to get an epiphany from the word of God. Amen? Is that okay? Matthew chapter 12, again, let's go back there quickly. Matthew chapter 12, from verse 35. Matthew 12, 35. A good man, a good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. So what is the characteristic of a good man there? Say that again. They have good treasures in their heart. And what do they do with the good treasure? I can't hear you. Say that aloud. They bring forth good things. So when you see good things coming forth from someone, what will you think? You can attribute that, oh, this must be a good man. Or a good woman. Because it is in the character of a good man and a good woman to bring forth good things. So when we see evil things coming forth, what do we infer? An evil man. An evil man. Is that correct? Do we all agree? Okay. When I call someone out because they cross me on the road while I'm driving, what happened? What happened? Hallelujah! Christians. So quintessential. 
Are we getting it? That is the truth. If I know that is the truth, what do you think is going to happen to me? Every time I wanted to curse out someone, the Holy Spirit pricks me. An evil man out of the evil treasure of the earth bring forth evil things. No, I'm not evil. I am good. So I have to retract back. See, the reason why Christians, why we are not affecting our world is because we refuse to accept the truth. We selectively accept the truth. We selectively accept the scripture. We want to accept the one that says a good man out of the good treasure produce good things. But the other one that says the evil man out of the evil treasure. Mm, no. Why? Because we don't want to be called evil. God don't want us to don't want to call you evil either. God did not make you to be called an evil man. No. The problem was because of the beginning. After Adamic fall, sin came into the world. So you have proclivity. You still have that same heart. So the Holy Spirit, through the power of Jesus Christ, was sent to us to help us. Not to condemn us. No. Every time I have done that, absolutely, I exhibited the character of an evil man. That's what I've done. Whether you believe it or not, that is the truth. But was that where God wants me to be? No. And that's why we're learning this. God wanted to restore the original plan so that every time I am exhibiting the good man character, the good woman character. Amen? And God is going to help us through this in the name of Jesus. All right, let's read the next scripture. Psalm, the book of Psalm 37, verse 23. Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his ways. What are the characters? Of a good man in that scripture? A good man, the, the step of a good man. God order their steps. They don't do things anyhow. They allow God to order them. Order their step. They allow the Holy Spirit to lead a good man. Amen? I'm afraid I'm not going to have um, enough time. So let me rush through it. this. They delight in his way as well. Psalm 112 verse 5 is another one. A good man, she went favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Amen? A good man. Psalm 112 verse 5. Proverbs 13, 22. A good man liveth an inheritance to his children. Amen? A good man... Thus what? Amen. And I pray in the name of Jesus that every canker worm that is eating the inheritance which we leave for our children, they are caused in the name of Jesus. Because a good man, keep in mind, in the sight of God, 
leave an inheritance for his children. Amen? Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. Let's read that together. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. What does it say? Hallelujah. So what are the characters for a good man according to God's standard? God giveth to a man that is good in his sight. One, wisdom. Two, three, you will never see a good man according to God's description or definition of good who is moody. You will never see a good man according to the definition of God to be moody, to be like weather, up and down. Today, the ice is like a soldier, a no-nonsense soldier, and tomorrow he's as gentle as dove. No. Joy is one of the characters of a good man. Joy always radiating. Wisdom. Knowledge. Those are the characters according to God's definition of a good man. So every time I'm moody, what is the Holy Spirit going to be doing? He's going to remind me that a good man should exude joy. Why did the Bible say the joy of the Lord is my strength? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Are you with me so far? One more, and I think we'll move on. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 2. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. Hallelujah. When you have time, just go ahead into the scriptures and try to see some of these characters. Because they will be an epiphany to you. The Holy Spirit can only help you and I based on the word of God. Jesus said, when he comes, he will remind you of the things that I have taught you. If you don't have the word of God in you, you will incapacitate the Holy Spirit. He can still help you. But you make it a lot more easier for yourself when the Holy Spirit has the word of God in you. He ignites those words. He uses those words to help you. Amen? So that's why we need to really pay more attention to the scripture. Amen? Uh, let's go back quickly to Cornelius. I'm going to run through very fast because of the time. Amen? Um. Let's see what are those poignant things about Cornelius that we should pay clear attention to, number one. Number one, going back to the beginning in verse number, let's start from verse number one. There was a man, if you can switch over to um, message version. 
There was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. That's why I like that message translation. Thoroughly, I mean, see the qualification. Thoroughly good man. Why? Number one, look at this. He had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God. Now, pay attention. Everyone in his house. I don't know what the numbers are, but that's 100%. 100%. Regardless, I don't care how many numbers. Everyone in his house, he orchestrated, he led them to worship, to live worshipfully unto God. <laughs> that's a thoroughly good man. I agree completely that's a thoroughly good man. If I want to be a thoroughly good man, what do you think the Holy Spirit will do with this word? It, it becomes a vision. It becomes a challenge. When I see any man or any woman in my household that is not living worshipfully towards God, I become challenged. Something pricks me in my heart. And I want to pray for them. And I want to lead them to God. A good man. Thoroughly good man. He led everyone in his house to the Lord. Number two. Number two that God says about him. He says, he was always helping people in need. Generosity. A good man is a generous man. And he is consistent. Consistent. He will not discriminate. Black, white, Latino, regardless. Anyone in need. That's a good man. From the perspective of God. If you want to be a good man or a good woman, I think Cornelius is a very good example to learn. Amen? Amen? Always is the key word here. Consistency. Always. It was a habit. It was not something anyone has to prop him to do. Always happened. And number three, he had a habit of prayer. A habit. Okay? It has become the second nature. A good man will have as a second nature a prayer, prayerful life. This is God. This is the Bible. This is not someone giving you seven steps of how to be a good man. This is God showing you an example. Amen? Hallelujah. So, those are very key things that I want us to bear in mind concerning Cornelius. But there are so many things that we could say concerning him. Imagine a man that is not even yet born again having a vision in the middle of the day. The Bible said while he was praying in the middle of the day, I think it was the ninth or either the ninth or the sixth hour. In the middle of the day, having a vision, he was praying and actually fasting. And one thing I want you to not forget here today is the Bible said his prayer life and his generosity caught the attention of God. Brought him into God's attention. That's what the scripture said. It brought him into God's attention. A good man. According to God's standard, we have God's attention. I don't know that's, if that's something you're looking for, something you want, to, you, know, you want to cultivate or something you delight or desire, 
the Bible says, the angel came to him and told him, your prayer life, your generosity has brought you to God's attention. How many of you here needs God's attention? You want God's attention. Can you stand on your feet? Say, I want God's attention. Hallelujah. He said his prayer life and his generosity, his service unto people, helping, helping, being a good man, always helping, brought him to God's attention. To the point where God gave him a clear vision, a clear direction. He said, go to Joppa. He gave him the address of where he was going. He told him who he was going to see and he told him how he was going to get there. That's what God's attention will do to you. Okay? That's God's attention. When we have God's attention, we will not be in confusion because there will be clear evidence. There will be clear utterance, clear direction. Hallelujah. And he went exactly as God told him. No question asked. And what happened? While Peter was there just giving the message, the Bible said the Holy Spirit descended from heaven and filled everyone in the room. To see that his life was indeed thoroughly, thoroughly a good man's life. When God told him to send for Jephthah, he went ahead and invited everyone around, brought, brought them into his house for the encounter. Amen? I think I want you to talk to God. There are so, so much we can learn. Maybe we continue on Wednesday. But the key word here is he caught the attention of God and that has not left me. If there is anything I need on a daily basis, every second of my life, is to have God's attention. Just to have God's attention. Because I know once I have his attention, now everything is, is going to be good. Everything is going to be good. And that's the prayer I want you to pray. That God will help you to command his attention. That God will help you to position yourself in such a way that we attract his attention on a daily basis. Because in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hands, there is pleasure forevermore. If there is anything we need in our lives, it's God's attention. God being with us every second. The reason why Jesus went about doing good, the Bible said, because God was with him. Because God was with him. Will you talk to God this afternoon? Will you talk to God this afternoon? That God will help you to create the atmosphere for his attention. 